you know, maybe, you know, we keep Mother's Day and Father's Day and uh, and, and all the rest. But, um, shoot, you, you know, people in Europe have um, so many more vacation days than we do, you know, here in the United States. Um, I think it would be a great thing to add uh, Compassion and Empathy Day, Meet Your Neighbor Day uh, kind of a thing. Uh, do something great for a teacher or mentor of yours kind of a day. So anyway, it's just some food for thought, let you into the bees that are buzzing round in my bonnet. And as I'm sitting here with you, yes, my voice is uh, is not normal. I've been fighting a head cold and chest cold, so this is why I sound the way I do. Uh, but um, getting back to tonight's show, because I realize I digressed a bit, um, uh, this wasn't by design. It was just by accident, as these things seem to happen so often. Uh, for Valentine's Day tonight, I think we have a great topic and a great guest. Uh, the topic tonight is uh, Tantric Sex and Menopause, Practices for Spiritual and Sexual Renewal uh, with Janice uh, McGeever. And... Um, uh, let me tell you a little bit about Janet. She's actually calling in from Queensland, Australia, and uh, she's the co-author of uh, uh, the book Tantric Sex and Menopause, Practices for Spiritual and Sexual Renewal. She's also a practicing psychotherapist uh, since 1999. Uh, she's been a TEDx speaker in Noosa, Australia in uh, 2013. I'm going to have to ask her for some tips on how to break that ceiling. Um, she was uh, has held the Making Love Retreat for Couples, uh, as created by her mentor and co-author, Diana Richardson, uh, in Australia since uh, 2012. She's been a facilitator of women's work for some 20 years, and um, she's uh, had a long-held interest in the area of relationships and sexuality, holding couples retreats since 2009. Uh, she's 57 now, and uh, she's walked the path of menopause, which uh, was a difficult journey for her. Uh, and uh, it was punctuated by the discovery of the making love approach, uh, during which a profound reawakening of the body and healing was initiated, uh, despite the apparent obstacles that menopause uh, created. Uh, she found that the pathway of menopause and its subsequent effects on the body heralded a new sensitivity that was to be honored and ushered in a pathway uh, to love that has to become uh, that has become her life's work. Uh, she is also the creatrix of Woman Time, uh, Ancient Wisdom for the Modern Day Woman, a feminine self-care retreat and course that grew out of the writing of the book, Tantric Sex and Menopause. And um, as I said, uh, she lives in Queensland, Australia. She has two adult children, and she is the grandmother of two beautiful granddaughters. So, Janet, uh, welcome, welcome to Voices of the Sacred Feminine. Thank you, Karen. I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you for asking me. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm I'm really glad to have you too, and um, I have to admit, you know, and it may be my own unconscious bias, um, but when I found out about your book, Tantric Sex and Menopause, I went, ooh, you don't usually see those mm -hmm. two subjects connected together, 
and mm-hmm. I really sort of did a double take. Um, do you think that's normal, <laughs> that that I kind of had well, a moment of pause? <laughs> I'd say so. Well, menopause, pause, yes. No, I, I agree. Um, I think definitely there are a lot of books on menopause, uh, and some of those books do have a little bit about sex in them, um, but not specifically the tantric approach for for menopause and menopause of women and, and their partners. So you're absolutely right. It's uh, It probably does seem a little disparate, but um, to me they go together beautifully, having been through yeah, what and- I've been through, you know. Well, and you know, and, and I'm, you know, and I'll say, you know, I I I had been mer- uh, perimenopausal for a number of years, and I have only just now <clears throat> been deemed menopausal, uh, so it's all new to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I get I mm-hmm. I uh, understand the hot the hot flashes thing, but it is a journey. I guess I am about to, um, you know, take, <clears throat> and but I think society. Uh, tends to relegate menopausal women to the non-sexual category. Um, you know, it's the playful maiden who's sexual. You know, it's the mother mm. who births babies. Well, she's kind of sexual, but, you know, mm. <clears throat> uh, but the menopausal woman, uh, you know, uh, I, I kind of think maybe it's because of our patriarchal world that we live in that the older woman isn't really thought of um sexually mm. i mean do you i mean you speak to that i i don't know if i'm making the wrong assumption oh no i absolutely agree with you completely i mean uh, especially with our social conditioning that um you know you're not meant to be really a sexual woman past motherhood as such, and uh, we've probably had, you know, role models who seem like that. Um, so I, I totally agree with you that, um, yeah, it's, it's, it does seem some, like something that's not, uh, not accepted perhaps. And I think this is why it's so hard for women uh, coming into this, this age group because there's a feeling of being sometimes discarded, uh, being ignored, being not really um, found attractive anymore. And so this is where women, you know, we need to find another way, another way of valuing ourselves. And I I do feel that now more than ever, as we grow older and, you know, especially with the, you know, the the bombardment of advertising that we have and the uh, social media and the connection between the whole world, now through the internet, it's, uh, the, I think there's a lot of weight on women at this time. And it's really demanding us to redefine ourselves in a way beyond that lens of conditioning, our social conditioning, our sexual conditioning, and that lens of advertising. So I absolutely agree with you. And so it's, we're kind of starting on the back foot already in a way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I think so. And, um, um, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm thinking about movies, um, and, uh, you know, we mm. see, you know, if it's, a, if it's an older woman having sex, she's the cougar. 
And I don't know, I kind of don't like that term because it feels like mm. to me there's a, there's sort of a seediness to it. You know, there's something, yeah. I don't know, there's a negative connotation there. Um, if if it's yeah. an you know if it's an older woman having sex, um, you know it it feels like it's a shame that um, you know it, we can do better. <laughs> um, yeah. Than yeah. than 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 the than the um, language and the labels that um, exactly. that we have they're way too limited, um, exactly. and. Um, and, and I know we're going to get into it a little bit more later, uh, but I want to kind of start at the beginning. But, you know, and maybe part of that conversation of, you know, changing the narrative, changing the labels, uh, changing how we see things and view things, um, it, it maybe is part of the conversation I want to have later about um, how women have always endured bad sex. Um, you know, mm. and maybe have en- endured things that really weren't pleasurable for them because they were told they had to endure it or they had to pretend like they liked it uh, or they've seen yeah. porn and they, they think, the, you know, that that's, um, you know, they're, they're supposed to like being rammed and jammed and jackhammered and, uh, because yeah. that's the only only thing they see. But, but but we'll get to that. Um, why don't we start at the beginning and have you define um, for listeners um, so that we're all on the same page. Um, I want you, if you would please, define what you mean by Tantra uh, because I think there's all different maybe definitions for it. And then maybe talk mm-hmm. a little bit about what menopause is too. Yeah, beautiful, sure. So as you know, Tantra has become, you know, increasingly popular over recent years and there are a lot of different interpretations of that, um, a lot of different associations, even quite some negative associations. Uh, Some people have positive associations, but it does cause, it can potentially cause quite a lot of confusion. So I'm really glad that you asked that question, actually, Karen. So really, Tantra, that the word derives from India's beautiful ancient Sanskrit language and it means expansion of energy. That's all it really means, expansion of consciousness or web of consciousness, connection. And one thing that I really love um, to hear Diana say, my co-writer, Diana Richardson, is that your body is already born tantric. It's not some mystical thing you need to go out and get. It's actually something that you can access from from inside and it's it's really a body-based um approach so it's it's moving from mind to body basically and so it's essentially the art of bringing awareness or mindfulness to the self to the body not just in sex but also in daily life so that's why I'd, I'd love to demystify it, you know, and bring it back down to something that's really um, just more accessible for for each of us. So, yeah. so, so let me ask let me ask you if I'm understanding what you just said. Um, okay, you yep. said mindfulness. So, so what yep. you're saying would it would it be simply a matter of tuning into what 
uh, feels good to our body, what um, what gives us pleasure, what might uh, be more likely to uh, help us toward orgasm. Um, is that the kind of thing you're talking about? You know, to know our body well, what works, what doesn't work, uh, that sort of thing? In one way, yes. Um, in another way, in, in our approach, it's not actually working out how to go towards orgasm. So it's actually a, uh, less of a goal-oriented approach. So when you become more conscious or more mindful of going into making love, often you automatically go more slow, right? So, and this slow, slowness is a beautiful ally, actually, for the sort of menopause, a woman, for any woman, actually. So what happens is when you do go slower, you start to become more sensitive. So you do start to become more aware of what is more pleasurable for you or what works for you and what works for your body. Um, and yeah, so, so this, in, if you think of conventional sex, it's usually quite a contracting experience and moving into Tantra in this way, the awareness is more directed into the body rather than something in the future, like going into achieving orgasm or ejaculation. We're actually just bringing awareness to the absolute present moment. And so that's what creates more relaxation, more opening, more expansion rather than the contraction with the usual, you know, conventional sex, really. So, which is quite mechanical and quite um, tense, you know. And quick. Yeah. Does that make sense? <laughs> Fast, yeah, I think fast, so, and, and, and I wonder <laughs> if it's about raising raising the vibration too, uh, with maybe with breath and things like that. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't I don't know. I, I've I've never taken a tantra class, um, but I can yeah. tell you, you know, I, I've seen some things on TV where you know it would be a couples retreat and. You know, there would be maybe six couples in a circle, naked out in the out in nature, and but you never, you know, you didn't really know what was going to happen next. I mean, I can't imagine yeah. doing something like that, you know. Um, but but you know, it, it's almost kind of scary, um, you know, because I it's something you. so so intimate. I I could not do that with even if it was five other couples, you know. I mean, um, yeah. I would just I would I would be too self conscious, but <laughs> I, I totally get you, you know, because when I first heard about Tantra I just that that was my image as well. I was like, Oh no, I couldn't I I'm curious but would I wanna put myself into a group like that with my partner? Oh, I don't think I can go there. Do you know what I mean? Right. I, I was just right. absolutely not I'm totally in the same place. Um and there there are you know, there are workshops where you do those things. Our workshops are quite different to that. Um, you're, it's quite different, and I can explain more of that later. Um, that, well, for a start, there's no nudity. There's, it's a complete couple's experience. Um, you're not with other couples, or you're not doing any, even anything with other couples. You're just doing something complete. You know, the practices are just simply between you and your a partner and they're just really about connection and about awareness um, it's a little too simple in some ways but it's amazing how the days progress so that um, women and men become more educated around sex 
and start to become more connected. It's incredible the transformation that happens. So in saying that, I have ended up doing t- teaching this, and this is probably the most mind-blowing thing for me coming from that um, take as well, similar to you, and also from quite a, you know, a, a conservative upbringing as well and, and Catholic upbringing. For me to even step out and to be doing this is actually always just a little bit confronting and it gets more confronting. Um, well, it gets less confronting as the years go on. But, um, yeah, it, it is a subject that is, is very, you know, hidden by shame and uh, hidden under a cone of silence. Um, but it wasn't until I actually read um, a newspaper article in The Australian, which is a big, uh, big newspaper here in Australia, where the woman who was, who'd written the article had met Diana Richardson, and this is back in 2000. This is a long time ago. And so something that she said in that article that made me go, oh, my God, there's something else. There's something else for women here. There's, there's something that, that she, and it was about going really slow, about being more conscious. And when I say going really slow, the teaching is not like go slow and that's it. When you start to go more con- conscious and more mindfully, even in just what you do in your everyday you know, living, you'll notice that you do start to become more sensitive. And it's through this sensitivity when you start to access that within your body. It's like when bodies first come together, they're often, you know, like I always say, like two cardboards coming together. But when you start to go slow and start to take that time, it's like they soften together. And it's through this softening that there's an energetic exchange. And like you said, there's an elevation of um, awareness or, or consciousness, I guess. But it's, it's, um, it's not esoteric either. You know, it's very grounded and, and beautiful. So coming back to your question about the breath, yes, there are some great breath techniques. Um, that one can use to raise energy within the body. Ours is not a technique-based approach. So we don't teach breathing techniques. And, and in one way, they're really interesting because you start to get, my God, there's this energy within my body and I can really feel it and access it. Um, but ours is different. It's through awareness. It's through connecting and naturally this, um, sensitivity and the energy within the body, you start to become more aware of, um, of what's happening within the body. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And, and so, you know what I'm, and is the, is the end, is the ultimate goal when you do these sessions to, um, to lead toward better, better intercourse or, um, or is that just one option? You know, because I'm thinking of women that maybe, um, you know, intercourse is painful or men that have erectile dysfunction, mm-hmm. you know, later on in life. Um, can this help those women and men have a pleasure that maybe um, they didn't know they could have before? Absolutely. And this is where I just went, oh, my God, because, you see, I came into menopause really early. Um, Like I said, it's just around 39, 40. So I was starting to have 
difficulty around, um, you know, dryness in the vagina and um, all the typical symptoms, basically, that, that come. So as I started to go into my 40s, it was really getting quite painful to, to have sex, to have intercourse. So, um, yes, this approach definitely can absolutely support um, the dryness, the um, lack of opening that happens for, for a woman and for a man as well who is having erectile problems. Definitely, it's, um, it's a beautiful teaching and there are ways, and it's really through this slowness because firstly, really, a woman's vagina at rest, she's not really energetically ready to receive, you know, but the way that we have conventional sex, it's like the man goes in the door before it's open. Do you know what I mean? Right. And so she's not, yeah. not even quite quite ready. So even if a woman isn't in menopause, this can happen, you know, in her 20s or 30s because sure. sex conventionally can be just way too fast and too quick. And then she's left going, yeah. what? Yeah. And um, And then, of course, like you said before, you know, the man entering the vagina might push his penis into a body with little awareness um, with the way he's using it and then trying to get there or trying to get somewhere. And so these are a lot of the reasons why women can start to feel pain, physical pain. Uh, it might not even be in menopause, but as soon as a man starts to become more conscious, of what he's doing and how, the slowness and sensitivity um, will actually awaken the, the vaginal tissue. So, yeah. And and, uh, and, and I'm wondering, and I'm wondering if um, uh, these techniques might also teach both the man and and the women another way or an easier way to achieve orgasm you know, a less painful way. Um, I'm not sure yeah. if I'm asking that right, but... Yeah, no, you are, you are. I mean, the the approach that we teach, um, it might be a surprise, but we actually take the focus off orgasm, off going to, to that point, to actually retaining the energy rather than expressing it. And the reason for that is that, um, you know, Really, sex begins in the brain, right? It begins in the pineal and the, and the pituitary and we, we get all the messages from our body and then it goes down to the genitals and lubricates the genitals. So there's energy that moves downward. And then when we have orgasm and ejaculation, that energy expels out, right? What would right. it be like? So in a way, there's kind of this little leak in the energy system, right? So it's like, imagine what it might be like to not expel that, not through suppression, but through opening and relaxation. And then this energy then starts to regenerate through the body. It actually starts to return to the brain and starts to actually, it kind of winds up through the energy system and replenishes the hormones, it nourishes the cells. And instead of this peak, going to this peak of orgasm and then that's it, it's like this, this is where they talk about the orgasmic states or this, this opening state that's more eternal rather than 
you know, this momentary peak of, of orgasm. And within that, that might, you might orgasm or ejaculate and that's okay. But we always say, you know, allow it to happen in, in an opening, in relaxation rather than in tenseness, you know, in going for the tension, which is well, and, and I think, I'm sorry, say again. I was just saying, which is unconventional, isn't it, to, yeah. to think because orgasm, you think you've got, to, you've got to get really tense to have an orgasm, but actually that's yeah, not necessarily yeah. the case. Yeah, yeah because you're, um, yeah, you're, you're tensing, you know, the body tenses up right before the orgasm sort of explodes. Mm. And it's, well, and it's making me think about, I think the French call an ejaculation um, of the petite mort, uh, the little death. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, the idea of, um, well, and, and I don't know, this is probably a separate thing, but I wonder, I don't think you're in any way talking about prolonging that orgasm that orgasmic feeling you're talking about something different you're talking about like you said relaxation and renewal as opposed to prolonging orgasm right yeah it's like not prolonging it It, it's i guess we're looking at having no goal you know and this is the thing in conventional sex we always have a goal and even prolonging orgasm can become a goal or prolonging making love can become a goal. But when you start to move your attention from the high, high sensation, sensation in sex to more sensitivity and more awareness to more, you know, sort of um, to a, a more, more conscious way, then uh, what happens is the lovemaking does last longer. It's a byproduct, though, rather than a okay. goal. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. And so, yeah. And, and what's so beautiful is that when the bodies get to hang out together a lot longer, they soften and relax even more, even more, even more. And then sometimes even a spontaneous orgasm may come, or it may not. But that's not really, really the goal. Well, and um, I'm thinking that what you're describing enhances or um, what's the other word I'm thinking of? Enhances and encourages maybe a type of intimacy that most people don't take the time to achieve. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because, And, and mainly because of our conditioning we're conditioned to do sex in a certain way and that's all we know and we don't know any other alternate alternative so then especially for a woman in menopause as she's coming towards those years when her body is changing it's not responding the way that it used to and so she's kind of sometimes left high and dry going well what now Uh, even though she might still love her partner and want to be with him um, her body has kind of in a way it appears to have closed down and so she's sort of left in this double bind um, which is really disturbing and upsetting so okay all right well we're going to take just a quick little break 
and uh, yep. and we're going to come back and uh, talk more about this. Um, so hang yep. on for just a minute uh, for this word from Joe Carson. Most people see humankind as really separate from nature and separate from the earth. I'm as much of this earth as a rock or a tree is. And I came out of it. This is my mother planet. I grew out of this earth. As long as we conceive of divinity as above us or outside of us, or that our bodies are somehow less divine than spirit, there's no way that we can change our course. Well, you've been listening to the trailer for Dancing with Gaia, Joe Carson's feature-length documentary film. In it, she interviews 15 visionaries and teachers about Earth energy, sacred sexuality, and the return of goddess as Gaia. Joe traveled to ancient sacred sites all over Europe and the Mediterranean to shoot this film. These spiritual sites from northern Scotland to central Turkey profoundly affected the origins of Western culture. If you've always wanted to see them yourself but haven't, this is an opportunity to experience some of the best ones and get their story. The DVD comes packaged with a 45-page color mini-book, which goes even deeper into the material. You can buy the DVD and booklet for only $20 at DancingWithGaia.com. So, um, Janet, getting back to... um, your book, uh, Tantric Sex and Menopause, mm-hmm. Practices for Spiritual and Sexual Renewal, uh, uh, by you and your uh, co-author, Diana Richardson. Um, you've done a good job to describe the Tantra and sort of the new goal, um, you know, when we come together, uh, you know, as lovers, uh, as opposed to the... I'm going to use this horrible expression, kind of the wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, you know, uh, kind of thing that, uh, you know, that that some of of us have done when we were young and maybe that's all some of us ever Mm -hmm. learned to do. Um, uh, Is there there more you wanted to say about why it's so significant um, for uh, you know this technique for why is why it's so significant for menopausal women. Absolutely, and actually, can I also just backtrack and just add a little bit about tantra itself? Sure. Um, and then then I'll come to that because the other aspect of of tantra and ta- tantric knowledge is that each individual on their own forms one complete magnetic unit. So the body carries equal yet opposite energy poles in the heart area like the chest area and in our genital area and I think this is what I found so fascinating for me to discover that um, how important the breasts were for us as women so so one pole if, I, if you can follow me here one pole is male which is inherently dynamic or we say positive so if you imagine you know a um, like a battery you've got a positive and a negative and you kind of turn that up on its side and imagine our bodies being like that so for women 
the breasts are our positive or our dynamic pole and that's the area where we have the power to raise energy and awaken vitality. So, And it's also really important to define that dynamic in this context doesn't actually mean active or refer to activity. It actually means that within our bodies, for us as women, there's this inherent capacity to flow that occurs without actually even doing anything from the breast area, right? So for, for men, it's the penis, right? It's the, it's the genitals that are the dynamic area. So that's where energy flows from for him. And if you think of us as women, we're givers, you know, we, we breastfeed, you know, that's the area where the dynamic part of us is. And it's no mistake, I think, that the heart is, is in that area too. So, so that, that's something really important and that's a real key aspect to, for us when we go into making love in, in our approach is how can we access for, for women especially this dynamic vitality. And then, and there's practices that we have for that and that's what's in the book. And, but also the corresponding female pole is our vagina, right? So is the, the, um, the genitals. And this is inherently receptive, as we know. You know, it's a receiver, right? So that's the mm-hmm. kind of negative. And we don't mean that that's, um, it's not negative and positive. It doesn't mean it in a, a negative way. But, yeah, so it has the power to absorb. So, and to take in and to receive. So here again, it's really, yeah, it's important to note that receptive in this context doesn't mean passive, doesn't mean unengaged, but it means just being fully present, but non-doing. So doing less okay. and, and more happening, you know. So if we have more attention on the dynamic, like on, on our breasts, our nipples, um, and we start to access the inner energies, then that starts to actually correspond and awaken the vagina. And so this was okay. a really amazing thing for me, and this is why it's so good for menopausal women, um, was, you know, when you look at conventional sex, it's all focused on the genitals. And right. um, that's great for men, but for women, it's not allowing us to access the deeper, wider, more radiant, more vital part of ourselves. And so okay. when sex is always about the genitals, then, yeah, we're missing out on a whole part of the picture. So, so part so, of this is about putting more emphasis on the breasts. Yeah, for, for us as women and for the men to know that and understand that. Now, this doesn't mean like, you know, do here and then do there. It's not another job. Um, but for us to feel them from the inside rather than even overstimulating. So once we start to have more access to the breasts and the nipples and have more attention there, and this is what we teach also in the, um, in the book, the breast meditation, where you can start to, instead of meditating from the spine, like the base of the spine going up, we say start for women at the breasts and feel the energy move down or just hmm. allow, you know, it's not even feel it, you just, it does, it, it just happens. 
So, and I think you know, if we all. Well, you know, I it, this it just occurred to me uh, to ask: um, What if a woman doesn't have a partner? Can any of the techniques mm-hmm. in the book um, help her? Um, uh, you know, I I, I don't want to. Uh, you know, I, I guess the I'm not really looking for. Um, you know, what's the word? Um, you know, master. You know, masturbation. But um, mm. is it is can can this what what you're teaching with this course in the book? Uh, is it only for someone who has a partner, or can it be for someone who is alone? We've been very careful to write this book to include all women. Um, whether they're single or partnered. So absolutely all the practices and all the suggestions are for whether women, you know, are in either of those two places. So definitely it's not just for women in relationship. Um, the making love retreats, yes, they are for couples. Um, but that's what I love about this book, I think, that, you know, it's, it's, it, we have this energy within us, you know, and this is the thing is that women, we... We tend to seek outside of ourselves to find the love or to find that connection. It's not really, if, if we can start to generate that connection within ourselves, we immediately become more radiant as women. We immediately become more feminine. We become more, we feel more beautiful, you know. And, and I think as women move into menopause, this is really vital because we have to stop focusing on the outward appearance and start to give more value to the inside. And so a lot of the practices um, are for that and for helping to regenerate the body because at menopause, um, the body is starting to go into its winter stage. And so it's great to replenish, regenerate and, and nourish the body more so that she can come into a second spring, which is what the Chinese say, that you know, once women through, move through that phase, they go into their second spring, which I think is really sweet. Well, you know, it sounds like you're really describing a new relationship with yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's prime. That's, that's the thing. That's the first thing that's most important. You're so right. Interesting. And I, think, I think women... Yeah, we, we leave ourselves a lot. We're, we're designed to give, to compromise ourselves, to, um, you know, to, to serve. And uh, so we lose connection with ourselves and our bodies and who we are often. So I really think that coming into this phase is our quest. It's a time, it's a heroine's journey in many ways to come home to ourselves, whether you're partnered or not. And, and you know, and I would almost think that it is, um, you know, maybe it, the intention is not this, but the result is maybe, um, well, like I said, already said, a new relationship with yourself, um, maybe um, a, a love of yourself that could have ramifications in other phases where maybe you have healthier boundaries if you love yourself you don't allow yourself to be abused used uh manipulated um or even um uh you know maybe i'm you know uh, 
going too far with this, but you know, I'm thinking about you know you uh, you know the the pain of loneliness might even mm. not be so bad. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, because you know, we, we, of course, we are designed and to to connect as human beings. That's part of our nature as social animals, and <clears throat> really, evolution for us also is is how can we connect and be more solid in ourselves and and realize that we are one unit and this is what I love about the this this polarity is wow if, we, if I can kind of see wow I, I've, I've actually got these polarities within myself and that's really amazing I don't necessarily need another to complete myself of course it's beautiful to come together with another person and to amplify the love between you and to experience you know those those polarities but I always say to women who are single to really start to get to know and understand your body more in the sexual, sensual, feminine sense. And then when the next relationship comes along, then you're much more ready. And, um, and I think when we start to accommodate or be willing to meet loneliness, and I remember, I remember Diana said something really beautiful one time because um, I was I was saying that there were women who were saying this to me as well that they feel such a yearning single women yearning and uh, and a loneliness and she said ask them to, 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 to take that yearning back to where it started back to the source and the source is ourselves the source is love within us and um, you know, when we start to actually can feel that viscerally and open to that, then there's no loneliness. It's, it's there inside. Hmm. It's all there. Yeah. Well, so and, and yeah, and I'm thinking, you know, I mean, it could help women not make bad choices, you know, uh, just uh, mm-hmm. in, in love relationships, um, simply to not be alone. Um, I don't know, you know, maybe yeah. I'm going way out here on a limb, but I'm thinking what an, incredible, what an incredible tool, um, you know, this, this could be on so many levels. And I almost wonder, I, I, has there been any, stu- uh, any way to measure, because um, the subtitle of the book is Practices for Spiritual and Sexual renewal but I wonder mm-hmm. um, I, I, would, I would think this would almost um, I'm thinking I, I don't know what the word is but um, uh, enliven the woman maybe um, you know not that you can turn back the, the clock on the, what your age is numerically but maybe it almost mm-hmm. rejuvenates the body um, and enlivens and, and or um, it, uh, it makes the body more youthful. Beautiful. I love you saying that because it's so true and this is bliss with my experience. And when you have, you know, when, when you're, well, okay, I'm talk, I'll talk about making love first, but when you have two bodies together and, and the bodies are together relaxing and opening more and there's longer time, and that orgasm, you're not reaching and going for that orgasm. And this is the same also with masturbation as well. So we say the same thing is 
not to, to be very careful in how much you go into overstimulation and sen sensation because what we want to do is open to more sensitivity. And my experience was there was regeneration through my body. There was more energy available to me. There was a feeling of just like vast, you know, there, there, it's just vast love and it doesn't, it doesn't leave you once you experience that, basically. And, um, yeah, and the other thing that I think is really beautiful is that, you know, and they say this, that tantric practices help with creativity. Well, I'm, when I go inwards and make love or I'm just with myself, the amount of creativity that comes is, is amazing. And that's how this book actually um, came came about. Was it just got inspired from, you know, making love, <laughs> and um, partly. So, yeah, it's it's absolutely so, life giving and life generating. So let me ask you, um, and you know, maybe you know, we I, this should have been one of the first questions, but you just sort of. Um, you know, dangled a carrot there, and I'm going to grab for it. Um, you know, d did you always know about this? Or, I mean, how did you come to understand all of this and, and learn all of this? You know, well, for a start, meeting Diana, reading her first book, The Heart of Tantric Sex, um, and going to the retreat. And, you know, the biggest teacher is you and your own body. The biggest teacher is really putting these practices into, into practice um, to not turn from the opportunity if you are with a partner. And I understand women coming into menopause, the body's doing all these things that really make, often make her want to turn from making love. But if she can find an alternate way like this, then you're entering into almost like your own body temple, which is so beautiful. So I'd say, yeah, all those things, but primarily my own experience, you know. It's not until... I don't really necessarily believe anything until I've really felt it on the inside. Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, 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 it's, yeah. it's one of those things you can't be told, you know. Um, it's like when you have yeah. a spiritual experience. It's hard to even language exactly. it, uh, but you, you certainly yeah. know it happened. Well, you know, yeah. and, and when you said body temple, my mind went to sacred temple, you know, um, and and I'm sure maybe some of my listeners out there who are more informed about this stuff than me are are going to say, "Oh, Karen, that's so obvious," but I'm going to I'm going to throw it out there anyway. Um, I think in the West <clears throat> we probably are much more ignorant about this, but I'm thinking like um, the uh, people in the East, the Kama Sutra. Um, you know, this sort of stuff has probably maybe been around for a long time, but it's like knowledge that's been lost, knowledge that's become taboo, especially in our with our patriarchal religions where, you know, sex mm. is sinful and shameful and all of that baggage gets attached to it. 
Um, you know, I guess mm-hmm. I just imagine a world because, you know, I'm big on let's reimagine the world so we can make a better world. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, 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 here in the United States, I don't think it could ever happen because of all of the, you know, Christian hang-ups around sex. But if it were in a culture that didn't have so many sexual hang-ups, um, I don't know. I, I guess I wonder if there couldn't almost be like a school of sexuality, you know, that men and women got to go to to learn this stuff so that they had a more well-rounded, whole, healthier, um, uh, you know, um, uh, education about this stuff that you're trying to teach because we've just, you know, elaborated on all the benefits this could bring mm. uh, to women. And I'm, and I'm mm. sure men, we haven't even gotten to the men yet. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, and and I think you're right. Um, maybe a couple of generations down the track, <laughs> but but there are <laughs> there are plenty of tantra courses that are around for for different people, um, you know, in different countries. So there there is quite a bit of teaching that's going on around there, um, and certainly our retreats are um, are that. Um, you know, a modern-day temple, I guess you, you could say, in in some ways. Um, but they're very, yeah, every day. It's uh, it's an everyday teaching, and um, yeah. And I I know, you know, many couples who've come to the retreat gone, my God, children need to learn. You know, I wish that we could teach this to children. And um, so, but I, I think that may take a few generations and a bit of, you know, breaking down of the, you know, the conditioning. Um, yeah, definitely. yeah, and the and the, the the taboos and the misunderstanding and the fear. I mean, all of these things mm-hmm. that prevent us from you know having a a, a better life. Um, it's uh, you know it's it's such a shame, mm-hmm. really. Um, yeah. and, and and you know mm-hmm. and, and even um, you know going back to like I said earlier in the show, you know like some of these tantric groups that you know i've seen on tv and stuff that gave me pause you know maybe um i i couldn't go there i would imagine if somebody is going to look for one of these groups you know that they would have to kind of be careful who the teacher is you know um Mm. you know some somehow vet i mean is there a way to vet the teacher to know that you're maybe getting a good teacher and maybe not someone that, um, you know, could potentially exploit you or, um, I, I don't know, is, am I going in, in, in the wrong direction here with this or is it important? Yeah, I think it is important. You know, I have seen, um, you know, especially women be quite, uh, have had to go through quite a bit of recovery after some um, some teachings, but I, I think really, you know, everyone's on the internet these days. You know, look at what people are writing, look look at what they're putting out in their work. Uh, if you resonate with that, then then try that. And um, I, I think another thing that I would say, going into anything, trust your own body. This is the thing: is we we're so trained to give over our authority, especially as women to men, 
um, or to an authority who we think is above us, male or female. And it's really about trusting, no, actually this does not feel right. This is not okay for me. I'm not, I'm not going, going there. So I always say to the women who I work with is you are your own authority when it comes to your body. So trust it and, um, and listen right. to its messages. You know, so our, our retreats, um, are very, we're very careful to create a very strong safety space, space of safety, where um, there is complete honour um, between the couples and um, that's really set up in a very careful way. So, yeah, I think read the person's, um, what, what they're writing, uh, ring them, talk to them, you know, ask questions. And just keep searching if if it's not doesn't suit. Yeah, I, I interviewed a woman once, um, or maybe two women, because I, I think I'm um, I'm kind of blending the two story. But you know, it was a woman who went to India to follow a guru, and she ended up being sexually exploited, and he stole her money on top of that. <laughs> you know, yeah, so right. um, <laughs> you know, we we do have to. Um, you know, be careful. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, it, it's like anything. I mean, you know, you can go to a church and put somebody on a pedestal that doesn't deserve to be put on the pedestal. You know, you were so right when you said we have to be willing to, to trust, you know, that, that inner guidance, you know, because we hear those little voices and sometimes we just don't pay attention when they're telling us, run, run away <laughs> as fast yeah, as you can, yeah. you, you know. Yeah. And, um, and especially we when talk ourselves out of the good judgment. Uh, say again? Exactly. Well, I was going to say, especially when, when you're in a group or culture that is going, no, or you're seeing everybody else do something, um, and it's that your body is just going, no, no, no. So... There's a peer pressure almost, you know, you wouldn't think that peer pressure would, would happen um, beyond teenage years, but it can happen in some circles. So that's something to sure. be careful about. And, um, yeah, so there's something else yeah, I Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, or the herd mentality, you know. I mean, um, yeah, most definitely, even when we're adults, we can be, you know, suckered in to groupthink. Um, so yeah, yes. we have to uh, uh, always be always be vigilant. So um, so how how does this book help men? Well, I think this is fantastic. Um, this this teaching because really men are often at a loss. Poor men when it comes to women in menopause, um, they can sometimes feel rejected. They can start to feel less confidence in their own body because it may be not functioning quite as um, you know spontaneously as what it used to but through this teaching men can start to understand both women's bodies more and their own body more so they can start to see why she may be asking for something to be different that you know the the, the pain in the vagina the the these kinds of things that actually can become beautiful doorways beautiful openings to uh, you know a lovely connected tantric you know, um, space between them. So, and also it teaches very clearly 
that men can start to retain that energy from ejaculation, not through contraction, but through relaxation. And they find after that, they become so much more still as men and so, feel so much more empowered and feel much, you know, I see men becoming much more in their masculine and women more feminine um, through that. So, yeah, once you understand that women need slowness, it's, um, yeah, it changes everything. So, yeah, and it's a, it can just become a beautiful bridge to the two of them. Well, you know, it reminds me of an old song um, that I heard, oh, I guess I'm going to say in the 80s, and I don't know who the artist was, but it, the, I, the, the, the refrain that stuck with me was, um, we, love a, uh, we, we love a lover with a slow hand. Um, you know, because yeah. the, the, I mean, you haven't used the word foreplay, but um, you've used the word slow, um, mm. but uh, kind of one in the same. Really, when I think of the word foreplay, it's like there's still a doingness in that. And I think of more conscious, more um, mindfulness. You know, it's like whatever you do, just do it with mindfulness. And it's just extend the time between when you start to when penis starts to come into the vagina. It, it just really allows a much, um, a much more easy transition for the woman. And for the man, and it's really, it's men, women trusting our sensitivity because it's like men are welcomed into that world of sensitive awareness. And, and if he's open, he can really discover this beautiful field of love and relaxation that she is the doorway to. Right. And this really releases, you know, what can potentially be, you know, a lot of disheartening pressure men on sexual performance so he, he finds that he doesn't have to perform anymore he doesn't have to work so hard doesn't have to get it so right so in that way it's right. such a relief for both men and women yeah yeah so um you know i i wanted to talk a little bit about um bad sex and porn um Mm-hmm. And and if and 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 I guess um, you know we talked a little bit before the show, um, but you there in Australia, you're aware of the uh, the Me Too, you know hashtag Me Too, and oh, what's the mm. other one? Times up hashtag Times up, yes. where women are Absolutely. are finally, uh, you know, finally. Uh, I don't know, everybody's sort of on the same page that this um, sexual abuse that women uh, have been endured for thousands of years, well, suddenly we all know and are, are in agreement that um, it, you know, it isn't a good thing. And I guess what, you know, the thing that, um, I want to say that I've been a little bit disheartened um, about this, you know, the, uh, this discussion. Is it feels like there should be a parallel discussion? You know, there's a lot to mm-hmm. be said for the for for Me Too and Times Up. You know, there's, uh, the, you know, the, that there could be 10 conversations just about that alone, you know, in terms of, you know, making sure the punishment fits the crime and, you know, not lumping everybody and, you know, all men into the same barrel, mm-hmm. you know, 
yeah. you know, rape is diff- different than something much more minor, you know, and someone maybe shouldn't lose their job or their career if something was minor. You know, some things maybe are um, forgivable and they can go on from. But I think the parallel conversation that we need to have is about bad sex. And I think, you know, women have been taught their entire lives to, um, you know, uh, to give, to endure, to, um, and, and I think that bleeds over into um, saying they enjoy sex when the sex isn't good. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know, it, that that just feels like that should be a conversation we all start to have, too, because if the only teachers men and some women have about what do you do in the bedroom is maybe what they see in porn. I mean, now women, you know, we mm-hmm. have our our love our, our sexy novels, and maybe I think you know women get some cues there. I mean, look, I can remember as a teenager reading this old book, Peyton Place to find out a little, you know, what were they what were they actually doing? Because, of course, my mother didn't teach me anything, you know. Um, yeah. Our mothers don't talk about that sort of stuff. So where does a woman or a man go to learn about good lovemaking, healthy lovemaking, pleasing their partner? You know, I, I, would, I would bet most people see porn. And, um, and what women endure in these porn movies is nothing mm. like good sex mm. or lovemaking or mm. what you're talking about. And I don't know, I guess I just yeah. wonder what you think of, what you think about all of that. Well, it's a big subject, okay. Um, and I, I actually really welcome the conversation, the Me Too, and that all of that has come out. It's like it's all getting turned turned upside down because, it's interesting, I don't know the statistics and I do speak a bit about porn and the influence on kids in my TED talk but, and, and on adults, but um, the, the numbers of porn use has gone, astro- you know, it's just gone astronomically up, especially since, of course, the use of um, the internet and everything. And it's interesting, it's almost like there's this polarity that started to come with that, with that excessive porn use now it's like the under, the, the, which is all about over-sexualized, over-sexualization, usually a male interpretation of what, you know, a woman might want. Um, and now it's like this has been driven to the surface, this Me Too, someone's finally speaking out and all the women are speaking out. So I, I see this as the opposite polarity of that. So in a way it's, it's very, very good. And I agree that um yeah what is the alternative and i guess my mind just goes diana richardson's books you know this work Uh, i've given the first book the heart of tantric sex to my daughter when she was 17. um and you know anyone from 14 can understand it and i think that it's moving our attention from the sensation to the sensitivity, like what I've said, but also from this having sex to love. Like, where's love in this mm-hmm. equation? And and I think that's the thing is that women, we we can 
be in that giving and also always that or sometimes that disempowered place so we'll take whatever we can get um, but without reference to our own inner being and unfortunately the way society is it doesn't teach young girls and women how to honor ourselves you know in small little pockets that's happening but generally it's not so we grow up into our menopause years we've gotten to the point where it's like not our hormones are saying stand up step up I'm not taking this anymore and so to find an alternate is a very welcome thing and yeah I just I can't go past this this work to be quite honest um, in in an alternative in how to create more love and connection you know between yourself and within yourself well and and I think it's it's about healing the genders too um you know maybe yeah. that that's an oversimplification, but um you know it feels like to me there's a lot of you know healing that has to be done um uh you know women have to come into their own power and not take abuse. And men have mm. to maybe some some men have to raise the bar and be better humans, mm. you yeah. know, uh, better par- what, better partners. Yeah, exactly. And I I, I really have been enjoying seeing uh, some of the high profile men step up and say and speak speak up um, because I think that these you know as sad as it is that these people are. Um, you know, they have to be in Hollywood for someone to listen to, but at least these can become men who some of the young men and even older men can listen to and go, oh, okay, I hadn't looked at it that way. I will. And, um, yeah, so it's a big okay. one, Karen, I think. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. yeah, it is. I mean, it's, it's, um, it, it, it's we're, you know, look, we are rethinking everything, finally. Yeah. <laughs> you know, fi- yeah. finally, yeah. we are we are not not taking what has passed for normal as okay, because so much yeah. of the stuff that has passed for normal just isn't okay, yeah. and um, yeah, you know, and 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 this is all part of it, you know. Yeah. Um, well, Absolutely. Janet, is there is there anything um, I haven't thought to ask you that you feel? is important that we didn't cover? Well, I think we kind of covered things in a a roundabout way. I think we did pretty well. I mean, we didn't cover really what menopause is. I don't know how much time you actually have, but um, that is something that can be... Well, we have um, a few more minutes. We we can go there. Let's let's go ahead and go there. Yeah, we do. Because it's it's an interesting one. Because you know, I I didn't know what it was, and I remember going to a doctor, and he goes, "You're in perimenopause." Oh, okay. Well, what does that mean? <laughs> so, really, menopause is commonly used to describe just basically, as we know, the changes that happen, and we basically the main thing that we know about is that we stop menstruating, so that marks the end of the reproductive period and of our fertility and it can take sometimes a 10 year span um, of many of the shifts and changes in the body so menopause is really activated when the ovaries no longer make estrogen and progesterone so these are two hormones that we need for women's fertility 
And so a woman's generally referred to be officially in menopause once her menstrual period's finished for one year. So they've ceased for one year. And the time immediately prior to that is perimenopause, which means around menopause. So, so yeah, so perimenopause, during that time, you can start to have skip periods and punctuated with periods of excessive bleeding. Um, and the average length of perimenopause prior is said to be about four years, or it can last only just a few months or, or up to 10 years. So it's, um, it's quite quite interesting. So basically also too, you know, there are women who go through menopause and not have, don't have an issue at all. And this is really what happened to Diana. You know, it wasn't really, this is how we started to co-write together because I had a lot of problems and she didn't. So from that perspective, we came together and, um, and, and, and put this book together. Um, so, yeah, so a lot of the, a lot, up to sometimes around about 85% of women do experience the uncomfortable uh, uh, symptoms of menopause, which are like hot flushes or flashes, you call them, and the night sweats and the sleep disturbance and vaginal discomfort and headaches and sometimes loss of memory. But one of the prime ones is her general disinterest in sex. And um, no wonder when all that is going on, really. So, right. so yeah, that's basically what um, menopause really is. And I think the other important thing for us as women to realise is that, you know, with our lifespans are getting bigger, so are going, getting longer. So generally they found that women, if you reach the age of 54, generally unless there's an accident or, or you know, some unforeseen health crisis, she will live up into her 80s. So that means that we're in menopause for about a third of our lives or sometimes half of our lives. If I live to 80, that would be that, you know, about half my life. So right. it's, um, I think it's a really interesting time for us as women to, to really acknowledge that there are greater gifts in this period of our lives other than, um, you know, we're getting older and to, to really start to, like I said before, just redefine ourselves, not through this conditioning, not through what we're expected to be, like what you're saying, you know, we compromise ourselves, women who've, who've done that, how can we start to redefine who we are as women? And that's why I think this work is so important and it's vital. I feel it's vital for for women, men, and for the future of all our generations, to be quite honest. And that's why Diana calls it uh, a step forward in human evolution, because it really, and when I heard that, I went, yeah, I get that. That's it. <laughs> yeah, and, and I agree, too, you know, because especially in our, <clears throat> you know, our patriarchal culture, you know, women of menopausal age, um, you know, they're marginalized, they're invisible, they become discarded um, because, yeah. you know, patriarchy is focused on the, you know, the, the sexy maiden and the, the ever-giving mother, yeah. and, and they don't really mm-hmm. know what to do with the older, older woman, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And it's really when, <clears throat> you know, when a woman is in her prime, 
um, you know, yeah. and, and she's really, really, I think, coveted to her power. And mm-hmm. um, and maybe, you know, maybe in a way, um, you know, this might sound crazy, but I don't think so. Um, but, you know, maybe patriarchy fears the woman in menopause, you know, because maybe mm. she's the one, one that's less likely to take shit, you know. Um, mm. She's, you know, may, you know, she's the one that's going to stand up and say, "What? <laughs> you want mm-hmm. what? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know?" Mm-hmm. And uh, and and you know, maybe some women by that point in their life, they've raised families. Maybe they've started businesses. They have a lot of experience under their belt, and maybe it's almost yeah. by design that they're marginalized. You know, it's like a brainwashing. Mm-hmm. Um, technique. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah, and I think that, I, I, you know, if, yeah, go on. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say, you know, in, in goddess spirituality, um, you know, that's one of the things we try to change in our community that our elders are revered. And what we call mm. the queen or the crone, um, you know, she is the woman stepping into her power. She is the woman of wisdom. But that is so different mm. than, you know, out in the mainstream world. Mm, exactly. I mean, you see it in traditional um, societies where older women are revered and they are, you know, they are the queens and, and they're treated like that. But the, the children learn that from when they're born you know, that these elders are, are treated in this way and unfortunately in westernised society, you know, unless you're in little pockets like what you're speaking of, the goddess community, then um, it's not revered. And I think that this is really the awakening for men and women, to be quite honest, is really for women to be more in touch with herself and that deepened connection with her own intuition, her own body, um, and really really start to become comfortable and familiar with that. And if men can listen, and I, I, I guess I feel like if they can, instead of being afraid to stay and stand opposite her and be mm-hmm. willing to meet that, you know what I mean? Because I think that that's yes. his evolution. Um, yes. Yeah. Well, you know, I've had some mm-hmm. folks on the show that uh, that have told me that we're going to see some major positive changes in about 12 years, and we're mm-hmm. going to be surprised at the we're going to be surprised at the progress we're going to make. And and I would say I bet things are really going to look different in 50 years. You know, um, I, I, I think we are just yeah. we we are planting the seeds um, for mm-hmm. the for the new world. Um, I mean, I really, I really do believe that. And, um, and some of us, you know, we may start to see some of that new growth, you know, before, you know, our lives are over. Um, you know, those mm-hmm. of us that, you know, maybe get, maybe get to live another 20 years, you know, we really or, or 30 years, you know, we may really be able to see the, um, some of the fruits of our teachings, mm-hmm. um, and mm. I, I look forward to that. You know, I, I am I'm filled with hope in spite of our president. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, it's <that's> important. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, well, well Janet, I, I, I just... Um, I, I love your work, and it's so important. And um, I want to thank you for this this very candid uh, conversation. And um, is is there anything else you might like to say before we go? Do you have a website or uh, anything like that? I mean, how do people find the yeah. book? Maybe mention the title again. Talk, you know, tell us how to sure. find your workshops. You know. Yes. Sure. So my website is uh, JanetNagiva.com, so J-A-D-T-N-C-G-E-E-V for Victor E-R.com. Um, and on there, yeah, there's a lot on there with my workshops and retreats and on my writing as well. And the book is available uh, on quite a few different websites. It's not out until the April, April the 10th, 2018, so it's available certainly in the US, then on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and sorry, I can't remember the other one. Um, Inner Traditions is the, um, as, you, as you probably know, is the publisher. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think that's all. And, and certainly okay. um, the makingloveretreat.com.au if you want to know more about that as well. And that's also accessible on my, on my website. And, you know, Janet, I wonder, and, you know, maybe you've thought about this and there's a reason you um, uh, don't think it's a good idea, or for all I know, maybe you have, but it occurred to me that um, uh, some of the stuff you do in your couples retreats, have you ever thought of um, creating a video for people who aren't in Australia or any of these techniques, for instance? (laughs) You know, the techniques yes. that are in the book, um, you know, I wonder if you've thought about, you know, because people are so visual now, you know, um, have yes. you thought about um, maybe moving this information from the realm of the printed page to a video where somebody could, uh, where a couple or a person could watch you and listen to you while you lead them through some of these techniques? Just a thought. Well, thank you. Um, neither of us have done that, um, but Diana has put together a beautiful uh, video of the teaching called Slow Sex. It's a DVD, so that is available okay. on. Yeah, um, it's available on my website for Australians and New Zealanders, and uh, in in English, it's available in English and in German. Uh, so you can also order it off the website in, um, I'm just trying to get it now. Um, living, if you look up livinglove.com, which is Diana's website, livinglove.com, and on there you'll see that there's a, a, a link for DVDs and CDs. So that comes up straight away, slow, DVDs of slow sex. Um, new style of loving how sex makes you happy so that's a really great dvd it goes through the specific teachings and also has interviews with um, both diana and michael and also couples who've gone to the making love retreat so i definitely would okay. highly recommend that so yeah so, so okay. that's uh, livinglove.com and and this might be a dumb and, question and website, but dvd uh, DVDs aren't like VHS where, I mean, they're universally compatible. So if we bought something 
um, that you guys made in Australia, it's going to play on our equipment here in the U.S., right? Yes. No, not always. That's what I've found because I've had a few people order from my website, um, which so you can get onto janetnegeva.com slash books, I think, or products. And um, know that you have to play it on a computer, like put it into your computer or into a, you know, a little box like that and hook it up to your TV that way. So uh, I, I don't know all the ins and outs of that, but that's what we found. It works on our t- uh, our TVs here and possibly in the UK, but for some reason it doesn't work on the sort of, sorry, DVD player uh, in the States. Okay. So, but you, you can order it. You have to just play it, it on and, the computer. Uh, play, play it on the computer uh, or set it up on a laptop and connected to a TV and you can sit and watch yeah. it. So it's not, yeah, it's not actually couples doing anything together. It's really, it is really a teaching. It's really the teaching and um, an interview. So it's, it's okay. really beautiful. Really lovely. Okay. Yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. All right. Well, um, well, thank you. Thank you again for, uh, for a great conversation. I've enjoyed uh, spending Valentine's uh, day Eve with you, <laughs> and um, right. you know, let's let's stay in touch. And um, uh, when when either you or Diana, um, you know, have something else out, um, please uh, please reach out to me and um, uh, y- you know, and, and let me know like uh, your woman time retreats and things. Um, you know, yeah. if, if you're going to be doing doing something like that or whatever, just give me a jingle. I'm happy to have you back on the show. Beautiful. Thank you. I'm so grateful. I'd love that. Thanks, Karen. Okay. It's really enjoyable. All right, then. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, well, thank, thank you, you, Janet, and, and best of luck with the new book, and tell uh, tell Diane hi. Oh, and, you know, please feel free to use the um, our, our interview tonight. You're, you're, you know, you're welcome to use it for your publicity and, and stuff like that. Beautiful. So, um, thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Thank All right. You. Good night. Thank you, and thank you to listeners. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed um, our lovely conversation tonight. Um, I know I did. And um, I I think uh, that about uh, does it for me tonight. Um, I... um, yeah, so I think I, I, I just feel like I want to close uh, with a little bit of music. And uh, so how about a little Abigail Spinner McBride, uh, Let the Way Be Open. Here we go. <laughs> 